everybody and welcome back to Witchfix. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that I've actually seen once under my own steam. So, um, I mean, that's no guarantee of quality because I do watch some shit just, uh, just off of my own accord. But today we're going to be looking at Satan's School for Girls. And this is the remake from the year 2000 uh, and not the original film from 1973, which, um, I mean, give this video a like if you'd like me to review that one because... I've actually never seen that one before. I'm given to understand that one of the actresses from it uh, is in this remake, which also stars Shannon Doherty and Julie Benz from such um, amazing TV shows, if, if you like witchy stuff and grew up in the 90s, as Charmed and uh, Buffy slash Angel. So this is a movie that I have just watched, and I'm going to trigger one for this one for suicide, uh, as well as for an inappropriate relationship between a teacher and a student, or however consensual that may be, um, and although both participants are of age. Um, so this is a film about, it, it's sort of, I guess, a thriller, because someone's trying to get to the bottom of a mystery. The mystery isn't very good, and it's kind of obvious what the solution is, but uh, we'll get into that as we go on. So the film opens uh, with some operatic music and some camera flying around the uh, school where this all takes place and there is a, a big pentacle on the ground inlaid in bricks somewhere and we see a girl running out of the school pursued by a random goth. Uh, we later find out that this girl's name is uh lisa so lisa is the goth the girl running out in tears is jenny uh, she runs in tears to a taxi that just happens to be outside of the main building of this prestigious college i don't know why there is just a taxi hanging around there maybe she called it in advance i'll, I'll give them that and then uh, lisa tells her that it's all in her mind but uh jenny is is very set on leaving so she leaves we get some sort of planes whooshing and then she is in a taxi in seattle pulling up outside a residential house uh, she gets out she's trying to reach someone called beth on the phone beth will be our main character her sister played by sharon doherty she doesn't seem to be getting an answer from beth but she does let herself into what i assume is beth's house um so she lets herself in and starts kind of panically pacing around she, she's clearly not in a very good place we see a large crow or a raven just like a, a big fucking blackbird swooping around outside and then its eyes glow red in some of the worst made for tv movie cgi i've ever seen in my life which is an indicator of the quality of cgi for this movie because it's terrible i actually think charmed and buffy had better cgi uh, but uh, we'll work with what we have the raven then turns into smoke to get into the house, which, um, I mean, fair. If you can, you can. And Jenny receives a spooky phone call, which doesn't appear to, like, say anything, because even after she's put the phone down, you can still hear the creepy voice saying her name. So I guess the voice is not on the phone, and the phone was just silent. But why would you creepy voice someone, like, out loud, but also phone them? It just seems like a very belt and braces uh, spooky tactics but there we go she grabs a knife from a knife block to defend herself against whatever the fuck's about to happen but um knives don't tend to protect you from smoke women that appear on the ceiling with creepy horror faces and, and then stab you so obviously she goes down we then get a shot of uh, Beth arriving, obviously, again, played by Shan Dotty. Um, she forces her way past the police and a guy called Reuben, who I'm guessing she knows, but we're never really clear on how, um, to, to get to her sister, who is dead. The, the police seem to have 
ruled this as suicide pretty much off the bat. And we get a little flashback to the funeral of their parents, revealing that they are orphans. We then find ourselves to be at Jenny's funeral. And Beth finds a card on a flower arrangement that has been sent by The Five, which is very concerning and makes her a little bit suspicious. She, she runs into a lady at the funeral called Melanie, um, who says that she was friends with Jenny before uh, Melanie transferred to a different school. And she's really sad because it seems someone like Jenny to have killed herself because Jenny was such a, a happy and contented person. Uh, so that's red flag number two. Red flag number three is when Beth asks about the five and Melanie gets all kinds of nervy and says that she doesn't know. But if anyone from Fullbridge College, which is the college that Jenny attended, asks about her, or if um, Beth happens to encounter anyone from Fullbridge College, she shouldn't say that she saw Melanie. Then Beth leaves the funeral in the company of, I guess, Reuben. The, the resolution that I watched this in was poor, so a lot of people looked very similar, which becomes a problem later on. Uh, but Melanie goes back to her car, which for some reason is parked in the cemetery, like on the sort of roadway that I guess like maintenance vehicles and hearses would use. But her car is just parked dead centre of that with no other cars around. So I'm glad she got murdered because she seems fucking inconsiderate. But uh, yeah, she gets swooped by one of the scary birds. So she gets into her car and is like, oh, no, I'm in my car. But unfortunately, her cars are fucking convertible with the lid down. So obviously she gets murdered. We then see Beth has found out about this death, which has been attributed to a heart attack, even though uh, Melanie is 21, which is suspicious. And um, she wants to go and investigate what happened to Jenny and what may have also happened to Melanie. So her friend gets her some fake IDs so that she can enrol in Fullbridge College under a fake name. But I'm going to keep calling her Beth. She then fills out an application and in the next shot is shown to be arriving at this very prestigious looking college, this great big building. It looks like something out of like fucking Harvard or it's just very fancy. So um, I'm guessing she made up a bunch of stuff to be able to get into this college, but it seems like it would take more than a fake ID and a paper application to just get in in the middle of the year. On the steps, she gets asked to sign a petition. I will point out that she has parked right in front of like the main building on campus, where again, there are no cars around. So uh, people just park like arseholes in this film. It's just it's just ridiculous. But she gets asked to sign this petition. So she, she decides to sign the petition. And um, while she's doing so, a note is dropped onto the clipboard and she looks around, cannot locate the person or persons who dropped it. But it says, come and meet us or something from the five. Obviously, instantly her weird shit radar is going off. She then goes to student services, I guess, to do all that enrolment shit and meets a guy called Mark, who is going to be the love interest because he has a great big square head and that sort of 90s fuckboy haircut. He apparently attends the boys college, but works in the student information office here for some reason. She then meets the dean, who uh, reveals that she is also a graduate of Forbridge College. And the dean is played by Kate Jackson, who was in the original movie. She asks the dean about the suicide and the dean just says a bunch of vague shit about how Jenny was troubled and lonely, but that everyone else at the school is super close. So obviously both things can't be true. She can't be a happy-go-lucky student and uh, a moody, depressed loner. So someone's telling Porky's here and it's probably not Melanie because Melanie's dead. So um, again, we've got some red flags pretty early. 
she meets her new roommate Alison, who is played by Julie Benz, and Paige, who is played by uh, Taraji P. Henson, uh, who, who lives down the hall but comes in to borrow Alison's clothes a bunch, I guess. Later on at lunch, they do the standard, this is where the popular kids sit and this is where the art kids sit thing from Mean Girls but they point out the goth girl Lisa who used to be Jenny's roommate and who Jenny started hanging out with and then became weird so a lot of um pretty heavy suspicion is is thrown on Lisa straight away which obviously means that Lisa had nothing to do with anything but the film's gonna make it like uh, super obvious that they're trying to put all the suspicion on her this doesn't work for a number of reasons but I'll get to those in a minute they also refer to Lisa as Sabrina the teenage bitch because humor died here in the year 2000 Everyone then attends a lecture on Catherine the Great and the professor makes uh, various eyes and, and keeps looking at Beth, which Alison seems to be annoyed by and seems to want the teacher's attention for herself. This is confirmed when in the next scene, which is a, a sorority party the music for this doesn't actually kick in until like two minutes in it's like really really like low and quiet and then suddenly gets turned up really loud like someone just forgot uh, but there we go and uh, we meet Nick who is the professor he's there flirting with Alison and kind of groping her butt a bit but he's also flirting with Beth and seems to be interested in her so I get the feeling he's kind of a lech who just wants to move on to new history major totty or whatever we're calling it page expresses anger at the uh, racist sorority which seems to be made up of just entirely white blonde girls which is a problem uh, again later in the movie with telling people apart we don't really get a huge amount of character building on page but uh, we do get a little bit uh, as we do with allison beth then tails two goths uh, one of whom is lisa from the party i don't know what kind of sorority it is that is only recruiting blonde clones but also allows goths to attend their parties i don't know a lot about american college but i mean that just seems weird uh, she follows the two goths back into the dorms and then just goes into lisa's room for no real reason uh, sees a picture of her with jenny but is then caught by lisa who is quite aggressive and says that she thinks she recognizes beth from somewhere it's never revealed where this might be but i, I mean maybe a photograph that jenny had in her room unclear Beth is then later in the bathroom um, where there's flickery lights and drippy showers and basically everything out of the how to write university themed horror 101 handbook when a shadow of a wolf passes over the wall behind her and seems to turn into Lisa. Uh, Lisa then has this weird dagger which is kind of like a handle that goes along your fingers and then the blade comes out between them sort of like reverse brass knuckles but with a knife i'm not explaining that well but she drags this up and down beth's arm a couple of times while beth is asleep uh, apparently just for shits and gigs then cuts her hand and seems pleased when the hand just heals itself right away again this dream proves confusing within the wider context of the movie the next day, Alison and Beth walk past the old students' union, which has been closed for 20 years, and it is somehow just allowed to sit there with broken windows, marring this fucking Ivy League landscape that they've got going on, but okay. Alison then asks Beth if she would date the professor, and they have a little conversation about how Alison is dating the professor, and Beth is not interested. A bird, meanwhile, watches them from the student union, and then Beth describes the dream of Lisa cutting her that she had the previous night, which was it a dream? Was it real? Unclear. 
She says that she never really dreams anymore, so this dream is kind of an oddity. And then Alison reveals that Jenny was actually seen with Lisa before leaving. And then after she left, uh, Lisa also vanished for several days. So again, more suspicion being heaped on Lisa, who, I mean, is transparently not the bad person, but there we go. We then see Lisa drawing an inverted pentacle in her notebook at an outside bench. And when Beth sits down near her, she gets up and kind of gives her a, a saucy come hither look and then leads her into the abandoned student union. Once Beth has made her way through the, the corridors to what appears to be a great hall with a massive medieval-looking chandelier hanging from the ceiling. My student union didn't have that. It had rubberized floors. But there we go. Uh, she gets in there and is confronted by Lisa and another goth girl, and then a group of three other goth girls come in. So there's now five of them. Um, and they basically just surround her and mock her and various other things and then tell her to keep her distance. Beth then visits the library religion section to look up occult stuff and has a brief conversation with the blonde library assistant who turns out to be uh, another character we get introduced to uh, again later on. She meets Mark while he's out cycling and he asks her about the occult books but she deflects this question and, uh, and then he invites her to go to a bar uh, she meets up with him and he's with Hillary, who is the library assistant and also a blonde lady. Alison is also there, as is Paige. Hillary then reveals that she can read palms and then she does it to Beth and says that she is surrounded by tragedy, feels alone and that she wasn't to blame for the deaths of people. But Beth again deflects this and says that she doesn't know anyone who died. Mark then reiterates the rumours about Lisa being I guess a weirdo uh, to cast more suspicion on Lisa. When Mark walks Beth home she admits that she was reading the occult books earlier not for a class but just because she's kind of scared of Lisa and, and something about her is weird and then Mark then tells her that he's seen Lisa's private file which alleges occult involvement and a possible lesbian crush on Jenny. Later on Beth reads more of her occult books and then has another dream about some sort of orgy around a big tree which is marked with an inverted pentacle. She sees Lisa approaching this tree and then being accosted by a bunch of cloaked and veiled figures who tempt her to participate and says that they also invited Jenny to join uh, but that she ref uh, and that she loved participating which uh, Lisa vociferously denies. Uh, Lisa is then attacked by a dog which just appears appears to be murdered and then Beth is woken by sirens and opens the window to look out and just sees Lisa's dead body on the ground like right outside her window. This is also ruled a suicide it's unclear as to what had happened or what was the cause of death but they're just like oh no she just killed herself just randomly outside someone's window because that's something that happens all the time. A memorial is then held and Beth finds another flower arrangement that says it's from The Five. She asks the Dean about it, but the Bean... But the Bean? <laughs> but the Dean doesn't bat an eyelid and, and says that she doesn't know anything about it. But Beth is still incredibly suspicious, uh, so she asks Mark to, to bring her Lisa's file so that she can do some research on Lisa. Beth then reveals uh, that the palm reading was accurate but then also says that she has similar psychic abilities and that when she was a little girl with her sister they used to play a game where she would guess playing cards and she would always get them right and sometimes she could dream 
the future and in fact predicted her parents death after they'd already gone out and, and were about to have their car accident after this her dreams stopped for a while until this thing with lisa so she's kind of worried that these things are coming back she then describes the place she saw in her dream and mark helps her out by saying that that is the devil's place uh, and offers to take her there we see that Alison is kind of suspicious of Nick and confronts him and says that he was having an affair with Jenny and that when he breaks up with her, he better break up with her nicely or she'll dob him into the authorities. So it's pretty clear that their relationship is all kinds of fucked up. Mark and Beth then go to the devil's place and he says the tree was used to hang witches and, and so it's all cursed and haunted. Nothing ever really comes of this, but uh, I guess it's just something creepy to, to attribute to the place. Uh, then like a weird grey point of view thing follows them, which I think is maybe meant to be the dog because dogs are colourblind. Mark then promises to get Beth Jenny's file so that she can look at that as well. And because I guess he just doesn't believe in privacy laws or rules. They then play the card game and Beth gets all of the cards right and then some romantic shit happens and they bang. Later, while Mark and Beth have some romantic conversations, we get to see a ritual being performed at the big pentacle on the ground at the Devil's Place. This involves Paige, uh, Alison and Hilary. And then the dog appears and transforms into a blonde girl who we only see from the back. Uh, and they do a ritual which is calling the, five, the fifth member of their group. So one, it's pretty ballsy to call yourselves the five when there's only fucking four here. And two, um, we don't see who this girl is. And I was wondering like if that was meant to be a surprise or something. But then later when we do find out, it's just this random girl who was talking to them at the sorority party. And I felt like we had backstory on Alison and Paige not as much on Hillary but we did get a good number of scenes with her in and the whole palm reading thing to tip us off but this other girl whose name I don't even know is just sort of thrown into the mix I guess because they needed a fourth girl and they couldn't be bothered to characterize one so that that's kind of a really big letdown and uh, you don't find out who she is until the end you just kind of see her from the back or from really far away and it, it's not even a mystery it's just shite and confusing Beth then goes to do some kickboxing at the gym because I guess if you hire Shan Doherty you want a scene where she does kickboxing because that's cool um, but she's approached by Professor Nick again and he hits on her and, and she tells him basically to fuck off again but Alison sees this and gets incredibly jealous she then confronts Paige and uh, Hillary who are the only to there when this confrontation takes place like the blonde girl isn't even in half of these scenes it's just the three of them so she might as well just not be in the fucking movie i'm, I'm sorry i'm just getting annoyed uh, but she says that she doubts that beth is the one uh, and all this other stuff and it's clear that she's just really jealous of beth because her sleazy professor is hitting on her hillary also points this out so hillary is my hero they clearly know who she really is because they talk about her fake id and allison leaves clearly annoyed beth then sees a, a black and white picture of five girls together on the steps of the college and uh, the professor comes up to her to i guess 
just shoot his shot for the third time. And he says that that's a Fullbridge mystery and that it's a secret society called the Five. He reveals that the legend of this society goes that in each generation, a slayer is born. No, I'm just kidding. In each generation at the university, there are five girls who are chosen and they go on to become powerful women in, in the future. For example, the girls in the picture are now stock market executives real estate moguls um a widow of three millionaire husbands a senator etc etc he says that he's been researching this for a long time but only has like a page and a half of research because it's obviously incredibly mysterious but then he says that the five are tied to the dark side and they have shape-shifting powers where they can change into dogs and birds i'm like you seem to know a lot for a guy who just said that he doesn't know anything he invites her to see his etchings I mean research, uh, in his classroom that night and says it's fine because Alison will also be there. I mean, I'd be afraid that Alison would just rip her face off as soon as she saw you, but uh, Beth agrees to meet up with him in the classroom so that she can see his page and a half of research. Beth then goes to see Mark and she overloads a desk lamp uh, and it, the bulb explodes and then she explains to him that when she came into the room and thought that she would turn the light on it just turned on by itself and then she illustrates this again by doing it to another lamp uh, he says he can't believe how strong she's getting stronger than they think and then when she's like that's a really fucking ominous thing you just said he goes like oh no i mean i was just talking about myself and blah, 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 and backpedals terribly and then leaves suddenly so um he's not good at subterfuge he then goes straight to the devil's place to meet Paige, uh, who reveals that basically he was meant to encourage Beth to use her powers, which is, I guess, why he got her to play the card game and demonstrate this light bulb thing. But aside from that, he hasn't done a huge amount. And that he was also, I guess, meant to seduce her and guide her into doing whatever they wanted. Paige then kind of makes insinuations that he's been promised what ever he wants from i guess the devil for helping them in this plan but that he's also been getting it on with the witches previously um so he, he's involved in all kinds of shit but then he he doesn't leave um all that happens is that hillary and allison walk into the clearing behind page then page's eyes go red and she force pushes him into the tree where he then falls down with some blood on his temple so I assumed he was unconscious, but later he is revealed to be dead. This is sort of like that thing that happened in Witchcraft 2, where it's like, oh, he'll get over that in a minute. No, called that wrong. He's dead, though. Beth goes looking for Mark, and Hilary tells her that he actually left early because he was ill. And then when she calls him, uh, one of the witches impersonates his voice uh, on the phone to say that he's ill and, and he's staying at home. I say one of the witches because I was fairly certain that it was alison aka julie benz but they're in profile and i was watching this on youtube with terrible resolution so all i can tell you is it was a blonde woman and there are three of those so one of those three women the four then are seen in a ritual to invoke satan to to call the fifth to them i don't know why we're seeing this again because i feel like we already did this scene we then see beth lighting a candle with her mind and then manipulating the flame to kind of grow really tall and then lean in different directions. This is probably the best looking bit of CGI in the movie and it still looks like utter shite. So um, that's kind of disappointing. She then goes to see Professor Nick who tries to seduce her again because he's just an oily little prick. 
and he says that he doesn't even love Alison. So, you know, that's kind of come back to bite him on the ass, which it does. Uh, then she tells him again to fuck off. And as she's leaving, uh, a lightning storm starts and she bumps into Alison. Uh, Alison asks her if she was there to see the professor, to which she responds that no, she doesn't like him and that Alison can do better. Obviously, Alison gets kind of bitchy at this point and says that she just saw Mark with some girl going to the devil's place. So uh, obviously, Beth hotfoots it up there pretty darn fast because she's predictable. Alison then confronts the, press, the professor and basically says that she knows he's going to end things with her, but they can have sex one last time. I don't know why she says this, because as soon as he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. She turns into a dog and murders him. So, like, she's a really powerful witch, ostensibly. She doesn't need to make him think they're going to have sex in order to get within three metres of him so that she can turn into a dog and kill him. But OK, she just decided to, to toy with him a little bit, I guess. Beth then arrives at the devil's place and finds uh, Mark, who I thought was still unconscious uh, and thought he'd been unconscious for a while at this point. But um, as previously stated, he's dead and someone has drawn 666 on his chest. For some reason, she then goes to the student union, even though the only interaction she's had there was with Lisa and Lisa's dead. So we, we know it's not Lisa at this point, which is why it was stupid that they tried to set her up to be the, the suspicious one when she obviously wasn't but I don't know why she would then go to the student union because it has no connection to the witches just to Lisa but there we go she, she goes there and wouldn't you know it she's correct because in the um weird great hall area a load of candles and a pentagram have been set up as if for a ritual she's then greeted by Alison Page and Hillary and the random sorority girl who also shows up and is there I guess and then the dean comes in as well revealing that She's also involved, to the surprise of no one. The Dean says that their master has been waiting for Beth since her birth, and that that is the reason she was born and why her parents and her sister had to die. So, obviously, uh, as is the case in many films, the best way to get someone on the side of your evil scheme is to say that you killed their entire family and everyone they ever cared about. Because then they obviously want to do whatever you want and be your friend. No, that never works. Uh, she then says that Beth is there to strengthen and solidify them so that they can become uh, the next five uh, and become really successful when they obviously leave college. A projection of Jenny and Beth's parents then appears to tempt her into accepting witchcraft uh, and so that she can see them again and be with them. And then Mark uh, appears. So this is the point at which I realised he was dead uh, and I guess to also tempt her into becoming a witch. Beth then tries to run away, uh, but she is psychically moved back to the point at which she was when she started running by the Dean. And then some shitty CGI kind of smoke tentacles start coming out of, of the witches and surrounding Beth and, and holding her in place. Then everything goes dark, so I guess there was a commercial break here. But when we come back, there's suddenly no smoke and all the witches are wearing robes, including Beth, so... Some time has passed. I'm not sure what the smoke was for. The initiation then begins and Beth completes her vows to Satan and is then taken into the pentagram to complete the ritual. But then she says like, oh, no, I don't actually agree to this. And then the chandelier uh, above them explodes, um, covering everyone with sparks and the witches rush around with their Sonic the Hedgehog speed looking ridiculous. She then electrocutes them from the chandelier 
and uh, they burst into flames while flailing around in the terrible CGI. The Dean then steps forward when all the other witches are dead and congratulates Beth on her strength, but says that she can't escape this, it's her destiny. Um, Beth begs to differ because a lightning bolt comes through a window, strikes the Dean, and then she falls backwards and melts like she's made of margarine. Sort of like what happens when you look into the Lost Ark, but less terrifying to small children and more just genuinely shit looking. So uh, obviously she's now dead. We then cut from this scene, which I, I guess she can explain it pretty well because all the bodies seem to have disappeared. But we cut from that to the bright sunlight of a brand new day back at Beth's house where she is holding a baby and uh, saying farewell to a guy who I guess must have been Reuben or just some other rando that she married who had an incredibly square head and some brown hair. Uh, but he leaves in the car and she's like, bye, honey, and then takes the kid into the garden to water some flowers. So it's definitely been well over a year because obviously she had to get pregnant and then have the baby. Uh, and then that baby is no longer like a newborn. It kind of looks like it's one. So um, there we go. She goes into the garden, waters two flowers, and then the phone rings. So sh she puts the baby in a, a playpen outside and goes to answer the phone. It's the random husband guy who just called her two minutes after he left, I guess, to distract her because the end of the movie needed to happen. But uh, while she's talking to him, Beth looks outside and sees the blackbirds uh, have gathered and they shine their terrifying CGI red eyes. Uh, and then we get some like zooms in on her face while she looks shocked and afraid. And, and then the movie ends. So I guess she couldn't escape her destiny because the the birds found her. The birds found her. I don't think this is a terrible film by any means. It's just kind of a little bit dull. Uh, it's kind of predictable. You can really see what's going on. Although it tries to pull the thing of the gothic girl uh, group uh, of five girls, you kind of know it's not them because they're relatively unknown, whereas... The other girls, aside from blonde girl, who I don't know who the fuck she was, um, are played by more well-known actresses who have more screen time and who seem to be weirdly nice to the protagonist as soon as she shows up. So obviously there's suspicion on them. The whole idea of, of this sort of witchy pact, it kind of reminds me of um, The Initiation of Sarah, which I reviewed a while ago. But what I liked about that film is that Sarah at the end embraces her powers and uses them for good instead of for evil so it's not a question of witchcraft being evil it's just a question of whether she is going to use those powers for good or ill and i feel like that's what this film was missing i kind of wanted beth to accept the powers that she had repressed after her parents death which had obviously traumatized her to accept them and to use them for good as opposed to just i guess to go back to having a normal life and then get murdered uh, which is kind of a, a weird ending for a film that doesn't even really read like a horror film it just reads like a supernatural thriller uh, so it didn't really need like the end scare if you see what I mean but overall it, it's quite a well-acted film um, there are a couple of shaky spots but none of them are like the, the main characters and there's a decent amount of witchy stuff in it it's just kind of a little bit made for tv and a little bit schlocky in some places uh, and the wise ass dialogue of some of the characters is not as 
clever as I, th I think the writers maybe thought. Um, but it's it's, a, it's an okay film. I would still say that Initiation of Sarah is better because it has a little bit more witchy content and um, a little bit less focus on witches are evil when they work for Satan, which I think is a weird choice for a, a movie featuring like leads like Shannon Doherty and Julie Benz, who have played these like characters, like, especially um, Shannon Doherty from Charmed, from a more modern perspective of, of witches being the good guys, to then make a film in the year 2000 about witches being evil and devoted to Satan. It's just kind of an odd choice. But there we go. It's an okay film. You can watch the full thing on YouTube. And as usual, when I have to watch a film on YouTube because I can't find it elsewhere, I, I link it to a, a favourites playlist so that you guys can, if you're following the podcast over on YouTube, access the version that I watched and have a look at that. And uh, if you want me to look at the original movie, the 1970s version, that could be fun. So uh, give this video a like if you would like to see that and I will get around to watching it forthwith. In the meantime, I hope you like this review and I'll see you in the next one.